in the morning when you need the news that matters most. They can kiss my f***ing ass right downtown and print it. You need the front page. All these mother editorials. On the press box. They're really, really behind you around here. My f***ing ass. With Graney and Bischoff. Rip them mother Rip them toxic suckers like the f***ing players. Joel Quinville did not speak to the media after the Panthers game last night. Quinville was the head coach of the Chicago Blackhawks back in 2010. He claimed to be unaware of the sexual assault uh, allegations against his video coach at the time until this summer when the lawsuits were brought about. The investigation that the Blackhawks hired to look into their own team Uh, basically found that Joel Quinville did know about these uh, assault allegations, sexual assault allegations back in 2010. He is now the head coach of the Panthers. They played last night and Joel Quinville did not do the post-game press conference. The GM did it instead and basically gave a no comment to any questions about the investigation. Kyle Beach, the uh, prospect, came out as the John Doe yesterday. Uh, Very emotional. I watched the entire interview with a TSN and a very emotional interview about what happened to him and, you know, how he's dealt with it. Um, I, I mean, being the cynic, I hope Quinville is, and they're saying much like the Blackhawks. Now, listen, man, we're seven and oh, uh, we can't have you out there talking about this. We're seven. Oh, just like the Blackhawks back then. Well, we can win the Stanley cup. Nobody talk about this. Like it's more important as we saw the quotes that it was more important in the Stanley cup to do the right thing here uh, for Kyle beach. Um, I'm not saying that's happening with Florida, but, you know, is he not going to talk because he's going to get bounced? Well, here's my thing. If you're the NHL or the Florida Panthers here and you decide Joel Quinville is going to coach this game, then he's got to do the postgame press conference. If he's not able to do a postgame press conference because he's afraid of whatever questions he's going to be asked, he shouldn't be coaching. Like if there's something out there that you're afraid to answer about, why are you coaching? Like you should be taken off the bench, whether it's a suspension or whether it's just a, Hey, we're just going to take a minute and hold Joel Quinville back because Joel Quinville's basically, it's basically been said he knew about this in 2010. And that at one point in 2010, when it was brought to his attention, he said, I don't have time for this. Right. Try right? to win the cup. Yeah. So that guy can't answer questions about it. And he's apparently got a meeting with Gary Bettman today. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was the one piece of news the GM for the Panthers actually gave yesterday was he's meeting with Gary Bettman today. But, like, if that guy's not fit to do a post-game press conference, then he's not fit to right. be the coach. Like, if you're afraid of something, if you're that afraid of something, then that something should be the reason he's not right. coaching for you that night. And it's ridiculous that he's coaching but not able to answer questions about what happened. I mean, listen. They didn't do a very good job, Jonathan Taze's answers yesterday, but the Blackhawks players yeah. played and then spoke to and the media. They answered. Granted, there's only like, I think, two guys, maybe three guys left. left even left that had anything to yeah. do with that team. It's over a decade ago. So, but yeah, but Jonathan Taze talked yesterday. Didn't give the greatest answers, Oof. but he talked. Right. So it's, yeah, I mean, I, if you're Joel Quinville, you, you have to speak or else you're not, you're not the one that should be coaching in that game. Does anyone else, like, there's a there's a level of this to where it's like, hey, you did know and you didn't do anything because you were too worried about winning. Isn't that the exact same excuse that the Baylor used and that what Penn uses. State uses? Yeah. And Ton it's of just them like use it. Ton of them I, use I just it. don't understand. Like, yeah, 
you're you're just like you're just doing the right thing. How is that a distraction right, right, from right, winning? Right. Them coming out and supporting him. And look, Kyle Beach was a uh, a prospect. You're not talking about a frontline player. They could have come out and supported him and done the right thing and still won the Stanley Cup. I don't think yeah. it would have affected the guys who were actually on the ice playing. Yeah. It's it's ridiculous. Like the way they handled it, obviously 2010 is ridiculous, but somehow sitting here with time to make good decisions in 2021, they're still making horrific right. decisions. I mean, Stan Bowman, two days ago, his statement, he just threw his uh, owner or somebody under the yeah. bus. He was like, well, I passed it on to my superior, thought he would handle it. He didn't. Like, okay, you were the GM. You're like the most important person in the organization. What are you talking about? I don't care about him. Next question. Yeah, Jared, press the transition one. Yes. Press box transition. <laughs> From this to... Because this is a funny story. Yeah, roller, roller derby. derby. A roller derby team is suing the Cleveland Guardians. Uh, there's a roller derby team named the Cleveland Guardians. And the Major League Baseball team that is changing their name to the Cleveland Guardians uh, is getting sued. The MLB team said that they had taken the appropriate steps to use this name in the summer. They were aware when they announced the name Cleveland Guardians that there was a roller derby team named the Cleveland Guardians. According to the roller derby team, the baseball team offered them money to say, hey, we're going to take the name and you guys will change. The roller derby team will rebrand. But the roller derby team says it was like an insulting amount of money. The way they phrased it was the Indians or the Guardians, the baseball team, makes that much money in 15 minutes. Oh. So they said it's an insulting no amount of money. No respect for the rollerblade. Yeah. And they counteroffered, and the baseball team never responded to their counteroffer. And now they're suing them. Uh, here's a couple details that I find interesting. One, roller derby team last competed in 2019. They missed 2020 and 2021 due to the pandemic. They say they plan to uh, start again in 2022. And two, the roller derby team did not actually file for an official trademark of Cleveland Guardians until after the baseball team did. Now, they've been around for nearly a decade, and their argument is, well, common, common law. law. Yeah. We, we This is this. our trademark. And I, I'm not a trademark attorney obviously i think that's valid i do think that's oh. a valid thing where if you can prove it yes we've been the cleveland guardians for eight years and they just waltzed in and stole it the question is much like we saw with the golden knights and the golden knight parachute team are these two things different enough that it doesn't matter that they're both the guardians i don't care if they are or not i'm silent i'm siding with the rollerbladers <laughs> especially after i found out what they tried to, to try to buy these guys off with 15 minutes. What does that mean? In Cleveland, you know, doesn't sell doesn't sell out every game, obviously. So, what they offer well, these guys? Five hundred bucks. Five hundred bucks, and like a, they they <laughs> okay. pulled they pulled a Brady who was very nice and offered like a thousand bucks at the team store for the rollerbladers. <laughs> That's what they gave him. That's what they a gave thousand dollars from the not, team not store. Even, the team not store. even the team store fanatics. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'm siding with the rollerbladers. I, I hope it's common line. I hope that they they uh, prevail. I am fascinated. How much did they offer them? Because, like, I mean, if, 15 if you're the, minutes, I don't know what uh, that means. If you're the baseball team, it's got to be worth it to give no. them $50,000. Or more. Right. Like tell, them you'll, tell them you'll pay for everything for their team for, like, five years. Yeah, what do rollerblade You'll have want? a roller derby night at yes, the game. exactly. The, like, it's got to be worth yes. it to just be like, yeah, the, we'll give you some money. The new gear alone that the baseball team is going to make in the first day 
would probably play pay for this rollerblade team for like a couple of years. What do they really do? They travel a lot. I mean, what's the what's the deal here? So I'd be pumped if they have to change their name. Oh, it'd be great! <laughs> and the rollerbladers gonna keep it. Yeah. I I just. All I want, all I know, is that Las Vegas Raiders is worth a million dollars a year anytime it's said on television. So, fifteen minutes? Do, do we know how? Like, like based on that? Uh, it's Cleveland. I don't know if it's oh, as right. valuable as Las Vegas. That's crafty wording right there. I give you credit. <laughs> Nevada will require fans to be vaccinated to attend basketball games. Uh, the Wolfpack did not require it for football games and outdoor venue uh if you're under 12 you can enter as long as you're wearing a mask if you're not vaccinated um why hasn't UNLV done this first thing i wondered as well especially indoors it's so easy just to say show us your vaccination raiders do it i I don't know why UNLV has done this maybe reno pushes them towards that uh that mark with you know the school up north doing it i am i'm surprised i really am surprised the raiders and mark davis basically took the blunt of any criticism for doing a vaccine mandate to attend their games. I'm surprised nobody else in this town followed them. Right. I'm really surprised the Golden Knights didn't do it. I'm surprised UNLV hasn't done it. Like That did, because I don't remember because it's his team as well, did the Aces? No, I don't think they did either. I think they were mad. A little surprised. Yeah, I, I think it was just the Raiders and nobody else went through with that. And I, I don't know. It's just, it's surprising me because I thought that was, because the reasons that, Mark Davis basically gave was, you know, enforcement because it's you right. either you either have to have everybody vaccinated or everybody has to wear a mask. Right. And if everybody's not vaccinated and everybody's got to wear a mask, not everybody wears a mask. No. And they take you, that whole eating and drinking thing very seriously. Yeah. And they're not eating and drinking, but they're still holding a drink. Right. And the mask is off for like so the whole game. You're asking the ushers to enforce it. And that's part of the reasoning behind why Mark Davis did right. it. He was like, Which this was is stupid. These guys can't do yeah, that. This is an unfair thing. We can't possibly accommodate this. So it's much easier to just require proof of vaccination before yes. you go in and not worry about the mask. It's just, I'm surprised. I'm genuinely surprised that more teams in the city have not followed what the Raiders did. Do you think there exists like a chart that said, okay, if we wait until after Iowa State, we make this amount of money with no vaccine mandate. If we do it before, we make this amount of money. Because they still haven't done it afterwards either. Well, you know, you got to roll it out slowly, but I will say that based on the mask wearing at the Iowa State game, a lot of those people would have been very upset had they had to be vaccinated. So nothing with UNLV? No football, no basketball? No, no, their mask mandate is what they're going with, which, as we've all witnessed, isn't exactly no, enforced. enforced. Uh, you know, I can't tell you that. Mark Ingram. Traded to the Saints yesterday. He had 92 carries for 294 yards for the Texans this year. He was year. on the Texans? Yeah. Uh, he is now with the Saints, where he was from 2011 to 2018. Getting traded away from the Texans yes. is the best thing that can happen yeah. to an NFL player. I was going to say, he's probably ecstatic, not only to go back <laughs> to the team that he played for, but he gets away from the Texans. And I'm with Jared. Uh Kelly had 294 yards. It's the Texans. What did what, 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 they have a problem with the guy? I don't think they did. I think they just were like, oh, we can get a pick for somebody on this crappy roster. Let's do it. Does it does it say something about the Texan roster that at this point you could name any player from like 2015 and I'd go, yeah, they probably play for the Texans, right? That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. Next question. 
Russell Westbrook had a quadruple double last night. 20 points, 14 rebounds, 13 assists, and And 10 turnovers. (laughs) They lose to the, I think that was the Thunder's first win. 123-115 loss to the Oklahoma City Thunder. Yeah, there's their first win, I think. They're 0-4 coming in, I'm pretty sure. Lakers didn't have LeBron again. He missed the last two games. Ankle. Five games in, but they're two and three. Yeah. Eh, haven't looked too good this year. Worried about the Lakers? I don't know if I'm worried. I don't know if they're as good as people thought. Um, Jamison gave us the research. Mariota big, rugs fast, Lakers old. Uh, <laughs> gave that to us yesterday. So worried? I think there might be better teams. It's a short. Then, it's a short sample I think that's, size. I think that's it, being worried. Then. I think there's more. Yeah. Like I mean, if you're sitting here telling me the Lakers are not the best team in the West, or at least in that conversation, that's worry to me because they. That's the expectation is they're going to win. They went a title. out and got all those guys thinking yeah. that they would roll along. So I mean, I think right now the Warriors are better. They still undefeated. I believe they are. Yeah. So are the are the Bulls and Hornets better? Oh, no. I like watching them more. <laughs> I like their players yeah. more. How can you not like watching Russell Westbrook? Uh, he does everything, good and bad. Including the turnovers. <laughs> Hold on. What, what's the stat here of uh, quadruple doubles where turnover is one of the stats? Uh, he has done that six times in his career. Uh, James Harden has the second most in NBA history with three. With turnovers? Yeah. A, a quadruple double where one of them is turnovers. <laughs> Wow, sorry. Um, I got you. Thank you. Sorry. Sorry. There is a new ECHL team that's going to be playing in Savannah, Georgia. Their nickname is going to be the Ghost Pirates. Best nickname in all of sports. Wonder what that mm. sweater is going to look like. It's going to be good. What's that sweater going to look like? They got that's a good. The, the they got a fun ghost logo. That's jerseys. Got a pirate the, jerseys hat on. the key, obviously, and everything, it's, right? It's like neon green and black. You've seen it? Oh wow! Not the jerseys. That's just the colors. Ooh, okay. that's a good color. Neon scheme. green and black. So okay, I'll give you. I, I see him right now. Well, a little pirate guy. Yeah, he's a ghost. Oh, he's, a, he's a little he's ghost, ghost, ghost with, with a pirate, pirate hat on. Yeah, it's very all good. All right, you know me in jerseys, but I like that one a lot. It's great, and like Savannah, Georgia. They ha- I've been to Savannah once. My sister lives there. Went on a ghost tour instead of a pirate tour. Ah. So they have ghosts and pirates that are connected to this. It's a very good name. I think it's one of the best names ever. I like that. A ghost with a pirate hat on, the X, he's holding the stick. Yeah, I like Isn't that. Isn't that legitimately, like, I don't know, two-fifths of all of Scooby-Doo's <laughs> villains? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why not? What's wrong with that? Ghost pirate. It's great. I love the nickname Ghost Pirates. It makes me even more mad that most of the minor league teams in this city have very boring nicknames because we could have had ghost pirates here, but way more fun. Coming up next, the Astros are back. Is Tyler a know-it-all? Can you prove him wrong? Call the Press Box voicemail and let us know. 702-720-4678. Drew Smiley on the mound now. His first appearance of this World Series. Driven to left field. Hooking down the line. She's gone. She's gone. Altuve goes deep for the 22nd time in his postseason history. Second most all time. Tied with Bernie Williams at 22. Astros lead at 7-2 because of the little big man. Texas welcome 
for Drew Smiley. 22 career postseason home runs for the 5'6 second baseman. We didn't want to go to Atlanta down by two. So, you know, we, we let everything we had in there tonight. And, you know, obviously very important win to tie the series and to keep, to keep going from there. You know, like Redick used to say, it happens fast here. And, and it happened fast. And uh, it gets to be like a feeding frenzy, you know, and everybody, you know, wants to get in on it. And uh, I was just hoping that we could score some more because, you know, they were going to, you know, uh, threaten, you know, before too long. And, uh, you know, you never really feel comfortable during these, um, during these playoffs in the World Series. So, you know, you're always wanting more. It's the Press Box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas, 1100 AM and 100.9 FM. I will tell you this, last night, watching VGK in between periods, unlike some parents we know, I didn't turn to the local news, but I did turn to the World Series. And the wife came in, looked at the TV, she goes, I thought we weren't watching this. <laughs> you said you would not watch one minute of this World Series. I said, I've got to do something. VGK's uh, in between periods. She goes, I'm not watching this. She, like, walked out. I enjoyed that both highlights, both the radio call, which for once was better than the television call. Which, so thank you, Astros Radio. I enjoyed that both made sure to mention... He's not a big man. Yes, very small. He's a very small guy. All right, I've got I've got uh, a few stats for you. Tell me which one oh, yeah. is your favorite here. One, Jose Urquidy is the first Astros pitcher to ever have two wins in the World Series. Not Justin okay. Verlander, not Garrett Cole, not Dallas Keuchel. Jose Urquidy is the first to have two. Two. Jose Altuve, as you heard, hit his twenty-second career postseason home run, tied Bernie Williams for second. Only Manny Ramirez has hit more with 29 or Yuli Gurriel got shifted 18 times in 603 plate appearances in the regular season, zero times in the postseason until last night, the Braves shifted him and he hit a single yeah. right through the shift where the second base would normally be playing. I will rank it three, one, two, three, two, one. No, 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 because I because I know I think everyone understands how good Altuve is. So okay. the fact that he has twenty, I mean, you know, again, he's small, but we've known that forever, and he's still <laughs> incredible. So it's a great stat for him. But I think, I think the Guria, I, I heard that stat last night when they were talking about you know the shift and everything on him, which I thought was amazing. And then I think the pitching stat, given some of the pitchers the Astros have had, like you just named three of them that were like incredible pitchers, Hall of Fame type pitchers, that he's the one with two wins. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. Uh, I'll add to that. Justin Verlander has pitched in two World Series with the Astros, never picked up a win. Wow. And he's had at least two starts at each of them. Four starts, I think, total. total. In, oh, in four the World starts Series. total. Yeah, and zero wins. I think the Astros are two and two in games he started, maybe okay. only one and three. Uh, but yeah, he's never, never gotten a win. It's not that he's pitched poorly. He just, he, he goes six innings, gives up three runs, and it's three to three right. after when six. he leaves. Yeah, and that's it. But Jose Urquidy hero can i just to get back to how small he looks does it look like anyone else to like to anyone else when he's up to bat that they photoshopped his bat to be bigger and him to be smaller <laughs> like they, they put him through a weird filter where it's like the he's bat five, six, the bat is six feet uh i got another interesting thing from the world series uh 
So the Houston Astros play with a retractable roof. Last night, the roof was open, and it was the first time since 2005 that the Houston Astros played a postseason game with the roof open. Uh, They have been in the postseason 2015, 17, 18, 19, and 21 with home games. I did not really know this until yesterday, but apparently Rob Manfred is the one that decides whether or not the roof is open. Why? I have no idea. And by the way, was Rob outside in Houston yesterday? Because there (laughs) appeared to be some bad weather as you saw cars flying through the air and being sucked up by tornadoes. What was the point? Who cares? Like, you you tell me. You've been there probably many times. I've never been in that park. I've been outside the park. As I told you today, uh, the other day, great barbecue place outside the park because my sister lives there. <laughs> so I've never been inside the park. I don't get the aesthetics of making a difference between between closed and open. It can't make that much of a difference. What is he looking for? So, okay, the, the, the people that want it closed want it closed because they think it makes the building louder. Right. Like I like I remember being a 13 year old in 2005 being mad because the Astros had the roof open in the World Series against the White Sox. And it was the first time they had it open in that postseason, too. And I was like, why the hell did they open the roof? And being like, obviously, the crowd noise matters when I was 13 and dumb. Right. But like, that's the argument for why people want it closed is, well, it'll be louder. Why people want it open? Because it's, I don't know, a comfortable why? temperature in Houston and they think it's nice. There's I, a nice wind going. It seems to be turning into a tunnel but you know um, yeah exactly what's that what's that i don't know like i don't know what the i don't know why people are so like you got to open it and why the other thing though is like why does rob manfred have the authority that's the part i don't get like why, why the does, only one why isn't someone in houston right i would feel like that's an astros decision yeah. any team that has a retractable roof, i feel like that would be the team's decision whether or not to open the roof or can't not. you control the temperature when it's closed you're saying like it's a comfortable temperature. Can't you control whatever the temperature yeah, yeah, is? Yeah, yeah, you can. You can. So that so I don't what would be the reason? So I don't know. I don't know. I just know that And he's the last he's the last spokesman. He gets the last He gets call? the decision. Yeah. Listen, he's got more important things to worry about, like where the A's are gonna be. I mean <laughs> and, the, come on. And like game one, weather was perfectly fine, roof was closed. I don't know what the logic was. Well, game two, you gotta open it. Tornadoes everywhere flowing through town. Maybe maybe Rob Manfred has a similar thing to like Ari, where every morning I have to like come in here and be like, "Why is this set to fifty degrees?" <laughs> he wanted to be cold. Like he's like, it's, he's, uh, I, I, he's in a he's in a box. Yeah, I know. I mean, he's in he's an air conditioned box, <laughs> yes. so he doesn't have to deal with it. I just it does it doesn't really affect anything. It's just. The strangest thing to me that it's like, is the roof going to be open? Well, call Rob Manfred. Well, our our. Hey, uh, Rob Manfred, once, once, once the roof opened, do we, do we do that? Like he's the commissioner, so yeah. I, guess, I mean, did he? Just I, I guess say open it, the roof. Did he just say it to someone and they just assumed? Well, he wants it. We better do it. I, guess. I would think it's the. I would think it's the home organization that says this is what we're going to do. It's our field. We're. Uh, it's our home field advantage. If Roger Goodell is at like, let's say Allegiant Stadium, and he's like, you know, I could really go for some sushi. Did like the attendants have to be like, I, I guess somebody go run and get him sushi. Somebody run and go get Roger Goodell some sushi. Does Goodell control if the Lanai doors open behind the torch? It's a good question. <laughs> he might. <laughs> Coming up next, Darren Millard joins the show. Maroon is not just a color. This is the VGK update with Darren Millsy Millard.
Darren, guess who's here today? Hey, buddy. Jared? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah thanks What's a lot. up? Watching hey. you last night, how, how talented my wife thinks you are. Depressing. <laughs> God, it's depressing. Hey, what's up, Ed? Good. He seems like such a nice guy. I'm like, all right. Let's pump the brakes. And and you said he is. We, I did. I said he is. He'll be on tomorrow. He's a great guy. She was very excited to hear that. She you know she doesn't know people personally. She just sees them on TV. So she makes those you know uh, quick judgments about people. And you are all right. positive in the grainy house, man. Big positive. Big positive results. Did she? Uh, did she also have the same philosophy with like Friends or or any of those TV shows? Lost like make judgments uh, on who's nice, who's not. She's a big voice fan. Oh, I like that show. Yeah, she she well, she's yeah she judges people. Wait, I, I don't like people, and she judges them, so we're a perfect match. Wait, here's what I got to know: your children bring home a date or something like that. How quickly is she judging that that date? Oh, if it's the, come on now, and if it's the son, no one will ever be good enough. No one. <laughs> I mean, it, I mean, no. If it's the son, forget about it. There's no he he, he has no chance for anyone ever to be good enough for the son. Uh, the daughter's in college, so we just hope she, you know, hey, how you doing? You okay? You alive? Okay. She's she's <laughs> yeah. not, she doesn't live here, so you know, she's hey, out Ed, in California. Ed, do you do you try and make buddies with the with the boyfriends, or do you try and intimidate them? Uh, no, I make friends with them. I mean, you know who intimidates him is the son. He's pretty. Oh. He's pretty ripped up. Sometimes, sometimes he'll answer the door uh, on purpose with the shirt off, and they'll and he'll scowl at them and just scream, <laughs> "Bridget, it's for you!" And then they'll come, and the guy will be shaking, and say, "Who was that?" And she's like, "That was my brother." <laughs> so, I, I'm the friend guy. I'm the friend guy. I set it up where it's like if uh, my kids are younger, but I've already I've already planted the seed where if they bring a boy boy home. I say, uh, uh, Dad's out at the wood chipper. Ah, the wood chipper. The wood chipper. Yeah. Do you guys ever see Fargo? Yes. Oh, yes. But great, great. Tyler. I know what, I've not seen Fargo. I know what a wood oh. chipper is, but like, I'm assuming this is like somewhere in Canada. You don't have a wood chipper here. No, no. It's just a, just a ploy. Like, like, uh, I don't have a wood chipper. I just, it, you plant the seed. Like, that's right. a wood, they're, Harmony's dad's got a wood chipper. You don't mess with him. Listen, all I'm saying is if if one of your kids brings somebody home when they're in high school and like, hey, here's my date, and you say, oh, my dad's at the wood chipper, they're not going to know what that is in Las Vegas, Darren. <laughs> okay. So maybe there's a couple of flaws in it. I went on a couple dates with a girl whose dad was an ATF agent, Ooh. and literally what he said was, they're not going to find the body. <laughs> Man. I feel I feel yeah, good about myself. Here. I feel good about myself. I just say, hey, you want to watch a game? <laughs> nothing else to do. How uh, the Dodgers on? Yeah, yeah, I mean, watching well, the Dodgers yeah. is probably worse than a wood chipper. They're not on right now, my friend. They're not on right now. Is that How, was that dog in the corner originally? Did it have sight? Did he blind it? <laughs> how uh, how good was the goalie with the French name who doesn't speak French? Uh, Laurent Brossois. Yeah, you know what impressed me the most uh, about his game last night was he got a terrible bounce early on. Like, first shot, basically, goes off a stick and a, and a toe and that's going wide and ends up at the back of the net after a day of travel, uh, landing, going straight to the rink, and you're thinking, this is my first start with my new team, and I get a bounce like that early on. WTF. Like, is, is this going to be the way the night's going? Right. And he, he didn't let it affect him at all at least outwardly, and uh, and he was so solid, so positionally great, and 
you didn't see uh, like the spectacular saves until he absolutely needed the desperation, which uh, breeds uh, the brilliance at the end with 25 seconds to go. Uh, it was it was really impressive the way he was able to uh, get his team through a really difficult situation on a back to back, and then the travel, and uh, and then the whole uh, start to the season with the injuries. Uh, that's one of the most impressive goaltending performances that I've seen. Uh, you just hinted at this. What was the travel situation? How late did they get into Dallas? I believe it was uh, late after or middle afternoon. Uh, they, it was late enough that they, when they landed in Dallas, there was no like going to a hotel for uh, for a nap or, uh, or anything like that. It was land straight to the rink and uh, and unpack the equipment staff. Uh, they, 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 Ashley Vice mentioned on the broadcast last night, like what they had to do in, in getting things set up uh, immediately uh, at the rink and, and making sure everybody was ready to go and and uh, and on the ice and with. Uh, the proper equipment and, and skates and equipment dried out. Like it was, uh, it was a, it was as quick a turnaround as you're going to have for a regular season national hockey league game in a, in a league where uh, where you don't travel on on game day. Yeah, what what happened here? Like, what they didn't leave the night before? Like they had plane troubles? Yeah, no, they stayed they stayed in uh, in Denver the night before. Uh, I don't know exactly the the reason behind it, but uh, but I know that the, the plan originally uh, was because the national hockey league. Uh, doesn't uh, permit you to travel on game day unless uh, unless something forces you uh, to do otherwise. So the the plan was to to fly out of Denver on uh, Tuesday night and and get to Dallas and have a optional morning skate in Dallas and go through the whole same routine and was uh, that was scuttled uh, along the way and then they had to go back to the hotel and uh, and check back in 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 Denver and then get up and go through the the, the training or the regular day travel day so 72 hours ago the world is ending and the sky is falling and now it's not um and they win two games and i heard you guys talking last night in different ways um but still carrier goes down it seems like someone goes down every night so they just i mean will they just hold on till guys get back and kind of hope there's nights where marcia saw plays so well and and they can get to ot and, and they can win and the goalies can start stealing more uh, I don't know the answer to that, and uh, the salary cap will will dictate. And, and strangely, Ed, uh, the flexibility that you have with a salary cap depends on how serious the injuries are. And if if you want immediate relief, the injury's got to be really serious, and so you can go on a long term injury relief. And and that's uh, like. Where, where are you in that? Like, do you, do you kind of uh, if if it, there's got to be no middle ground with with the injury? If it's if it's bad, then you get that uh, that flexibility out of it. If not, then you're kind you're you're in a way uh, you're you're caught in the middle, and you just got to get through it. So it's going to depend a lot on on how the injuries progress and how they come along, whether or not they're going to uh, be uh, permitted with the salary cap uh, regulations. Uh, the flexibility to, to to make some moves and, and make some changes. Um, I mean, I, I I'm hesitant to judge on players uh, when when they are hurt on the ice. Um, uh, Mark Stone, when he was uh, when he was held up on the ice in, in Los Angeles a couple of weeks ago, that looked uh, devastating, and and it's turned out to be uh, what what Pete DeBoer would call between a day to day and a week to week, which uh, is is very positive compared to what it looked like. And then Carrier last night looked like he was in excruciating pain 
uh, well, I'll be uh, curious to see, and then hopefully it's uh, it's not too bad. But uh, it's going to be, I mean, those two wins were incredible, Ed, uh, based on the competition the first night and then the back-to-back and the travel challenges the second night and how they did it. But you're, that, that, that bench was short in Denver, and it was even shorter last night. And uh, that, that's going to that's gonna catch up to you and just, just physically uh, all, all along the way to be able to, uh, to, be able to keep leaning on the same guys uh, over and over. Should uh, Pete DeBoer threaten the power play unit with a wood chipper? <laughs> I actually thought uh, I, this. Uh, we keep talking about it, and I felt uh, this this uh, surge of pain for for the players and the uh, and, and the coaching staff last night when the graphic came up uh, when they were talking about the uh, when Vegas got its first power play opportunity and that uh, that Bagel is is there and it's just like oh this is just reinforcing the the, the conversation. But, uh, I, I mean, you still have one unit that is a, a National Hockey League number one unit, and that's the uh, the misfits and, and whatever combination, whether you put Chandler Stevenson and, and uh, go with one defenseman or, or two defensemen. You, you still have one. So uh, I, I've liked, I don't think it's been momentum sucking, but we're, and, and I've been very patient uh, with the power play all along, but uh, I'm sure that uh, I'm not uh, uh, alone in starting to come around to okay. It's it's time. Like it's, <laughs> it's enough, been enough. Time, and, Darren. and Pete 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 DeBoer, Pete DeBoer is the same. I'm sure the same way. Like okay, uh, we we we've talked about this long enough about getting chances and getting good looks. It's time. I kind of hope they don't score one the whole year. Yeah, that that is so you. It'd be, and, listen, uh, you know I, that would be incredible. That you know that would be an incredible piece of history if they didn't score a power play goal the entire season. You're you're right, but like I'm watching Washington go through an 0 for 16, and Toronto is struggling like uh, like uh, nobody's seen from 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 that group. It's bizarre how some of the top units uh, just aren't getting it done. But this this is approaching strange status uh, with with uh, not having scored a goal yet. Okay, well then. In- how often does the other side not get enough credit? Uh, I would say when it comes to somebody like the New York Islanders, that's, uh, that's very uh, appropriate. The other thing is they're not getting a lot of chances on the power play. Uh, and I don't know whether that's their, it, the, the fouls aren't there, which I find hard to believe, or, uh, or whether or not uh, the other team is just, uh, being uh, so so locked down uh, w- with the game, but I, I I've been surprised at the the few number of chances uh, on, on the power play and, and by both sides. Like they're not they're not being forced onto the kill uh, a lot either. The referees early in the season have been letting them play. All right, Darren, get out of here. Did you enjoy talking to Ed again? Why? What do you mean why? We got a clock to keep. Come on, I like I haven't seen Ed in like three I, weeks on this. Show. I saw you in the media room one day. I think I flipped you off. <laughs> That's my that's you my did. endearing that's no, no, my endearing no. moment for you. You skipped out to uh, to talk to Pete in the hallway. Yes, yeah, and then well. then I came in and, and gave you the wave. I mean, that's I love you. I mean, that's <laughs> a, if, when I'm doing that. I mean, you know, I don't like people. So when it comes to the bird, I mean, that means I really like you. That's that's true. You sit. <laughs> you sit. The, do you get permission for somebody to sit in your seat when you're not there? No, I don't have a seat. I just come in and let the beat writers take their 
their normal spots, and I just kind of scour in the corner, and I, I got to stay out of the way. Those guys, those guys need all the questions. I don't need. I I can't step on any toes in there. I'm barely there. Come on. I like it. I like it when you ask questions. Everybody just <laughs> okay. stops and goes. Ed's asking questions. Okay. We've got to pay attention now. <laughs> oh boy, you're laid it on. <laughs> laid it on thick this morning. Uh, I, I finally understand why. Uh, the golden the the VGK Insider Show can't stick to a clock because you literally told Darren we have a clock and he just <laughs> blew past it for two and a half. I'm still here. love it. Ninety seconds I later. Love being on with you guys. Get out of here, Thanks, Darren. Appreciate it, Darren. Take care. VGK Insider Show four to six on Fox yeah. Sports Las Vegas. Coming up next, we are not going to have a terribly named MLS team in Vegas. Is Tyler a know-it-all? Can you prove him wrong? Tweet at Bischoff underscore Tyler and at Ed Graney. He's got dancing feet with that lower body. It's unbelievable. Look at the body. Look at that bubble butt. He's checking all the boxes, Michael. Yeah, he, he really is. Look at that big bubble butt. That's a, that's a power generator, those that thighs, quads, and the bubble butt. Offensive linemen love that. Feet. Huh. We're back to the press box with Grady and Bischoff. See, look at this. We went too long with Darren Millard. Now we have like 90 seconds. That's Darren's fault. <laughs> no, I shouldn't say he just made a nice tweet. Loves being on the show. We love having him. Debatable. So, <laughs> Bill Foley, according to Mick Akers, uh, is not going to be the majority owner of a major league soccer team in Las Vegas. He backed out but said he could still be a partner. Uh, which leaves Wes Edens as the most likely owner if Vegas is to get an MLS team. Wes Edens owns the Milwaukee Bucks. He also owns Aston Villa, who is a Premier League team. Um, also, according to Mick, Major League Soccer is looking at a piece of land off of Las Vegas Boulevard between Warm Springs and Blue Diamond. That is right by the I-15-215 right. interchange. It's on the other side of the 215 from where Town Square is. Mm -hmm. Um. Okay. Do 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 you see Bill Foley pulls out? Is that good news? Because Wes Eden sounds like he's got the bid for Major League Soccer and is going to get this and get it done. Or is it bad news because Bill Foley's pulling out because Vegas is not going to get a team at all? I think it's good news for MLS because if you listen to anything Bill Foley says, he says it direct, or you can easily read between the lines. And when he said I. I, I don't. The quote was, "I have no doubt they're getting a team." I think he knows that Garber has probably told these guys that you're getting a team, but we're going to take Wes Edens as the owner for whatever reason. Money. I I, I don't know why they chose Wes Edens over Bill Foley. Who knows? But with the Bill, nickname was better. Yeah, no, the, the nickname the, the was name, better. But <laughs> the, I think the name was yeah. a key factor. But yeah, I believe Bill Foley. I mean, Bill Foley is why. We love Bill Foley and GMGM GM and Kelly McCrimmon cringe every time he talks because <laughs> he's also Mick Akers also had a tweet this morning where he's like, "Ah, we're getting hurt on the hockey team. We're hurt. It's not just one week. It's four, five, six weeks." You start going, "Okay, he's four weeks. He's five weeks." I mean, Foley is great because he just talks. He's a little like Mark Davis that way. So read between the lines, which I don't think you have to do much with Bill Foley. I think it's a great chance. They're getting the team, and I think it's even a better chance this the the stadium's going right where he says right. it's going. And so that that I thought was the interesting detail is he's pointing out a specific yeah, plot it's of very land. Specific. And I'm curious, like we haven't had any sort of announcements or any sort of reports on Major League Soccer or Wes Eden's buying that land or whatever. 
So I'm curious how far along in the process that could be that like, if, if we believe Foley is backing out because major league soccer's essentially said, Hey, Wes Edens is going to get the team right. here. How far along is the process for a stadium? And if Bill Foley's saying, Hey, they're looking at this piece of land right here. <laughs> does that mean it's kind of already done? It's probably, already, it's probably already bought and paid for. So the follow-up question to that Raiders got $750 million in public Ooh. money to come here. The Oakland A's never really got an offer in terms of public money. Is this going to be completely funded with private money? Is Wes Edens doing this all by himself? Or is there somebody out there that's going to give some public money to Wes Edens to bring a major league soccer Where team is here? this? Where is it? It's Warm Springs and Blue Diamond. So it's not Las Vegas. It's just Clark County. I don't, Clark even, County. I don't think that's in Henderson. I'm pretty sure and we it's heard just Clark County. Through pretty reliable sources that the county laughed at any kind of money towards a baseball park or a baseball scene. They're just like, we're not doing it. To think now, I mean, it'd be less money, obviously, for yes. a stadium, a lot less money. But to think now they're going to come back with $100 million for a soccer stadium? I don't think that that's going to happen. So maybe right. Wes Edens, who has a lot of money worth billions, says, I'll build you the stadium. Right. Am I going to get the land around it or whatever right. deal he makes? That would be my guess, is that it's maybe, I'm sure there'll be something, whether it's, hey, we'll give you the land for right. discount or free or whatever it is. But I would guess that this is mostly going to be privately funded because if there's no appetite to build a Major League Baseball stadium, I'd have a hard time believing there's an appetite to build an MLS stadium within the same time frame. So Wes Edens, if he's doing it by himself, good for him.